Thanks for listening to Open the Word. Today, we're throwing it back and dusting off an episode from the archives. We've had some great conversations over a decade of radio ministry that deserve to be heard again. So you might hear some new voices and old references, but we hope you still enjoy these episodes. You found a place to belong here in the circle of friends. I'm Missy and I am with Gwen today. Hello, Gwen. Good morning, Missy. Great to have you with me. And you know, it's a little bit like a smorgasbord when we sit at the table. That's There's, right. You know, we have our Bibles here and we've got uh-huh. uh, books and uh, references and all kinds of things. It's like, okay, where do we want to go today in God's Word? No. What and are we going to talk I about? Wish sometimes that, you know, people listening to us could see like the five minutes before we actually start where we're like, well, we could do Psalms or we haven't done this in a while or what about over here or what about this idea? Um, And so anyway, this morning was just kind of fun because we were all over the place. All over the place. The thing, one of the things that I've recognized after having doing this for, oh goodness, I'm not even sure how long I've been on the radio, which was never something I pictured Mm -hmm. myself doing, by the way. But uh, one of the things that I've seen happen is that even when you have plans, I mean, specific plans, and we're going to do this one this day and then through the week and or you start out one way, we we can get into some we can get in the weeds, shall we Mm -hmm. say. And yet uh, God guides us exactly where he wants us to go. Mm -hmm. And he helps us to look at scripture and talk about things. I think that uh, and sometimes and I've admitted on the air, sometimes my toe get stepped on it's a little mm-hmm. ouchy uh and some sometimes and and always when we're done it's uplifting and encouraging to me because i mm-hmm. know that god has met us here and so listeners if you've been with us for a while mm-hmm. or if you haven't if you're just turning in tuning in turning in uh <laughs> do you tune i guess you tune in listening in listening in i don't know anyway uh regardless of whether you've been with us before or not we welcome you here mm-hmm. in this circle of friends around this table. Uh, We definitely uh, know that you're with us, you're listening, and we appreciate that so, so much. We would love to hear from you. Check us out on Facebook. That's the best way to get a hold of us. And uh, we we just, our prayer is every single time that God would move uh, and work in your hearts and lives and that we would be an encouragement to you. Absolutely. You know, it's, um, it's such a privilege to be on the radio. And I remember... I remember back at the Sugar Creek office years ago, just knowing that you guys were recording for the day and just wishing I could join you because it looked like so much fun. And who knew? Fast forward a couple of years and I would be a mm, common entity of the table. Yes. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It goes, it goes back quite a few years, but um, ultimately I just believe that because there's been many times where we've said, is it time to let go of this? Have we done it long enough? Or are there some young, Beth and I particularly, are there some younger people that can come along? Uh, But the door has always been open for us, fully open. And uh, we're we're grateful for that because it gives us opportunity to to share. I think of the letter that we received um, from a lady who's and actually she mentions it was the day that you were on the air Mm -hmm. and how much that helped her uh, and Mm -hmm. how she said that radio was almost an effortless way to reach out and encourage Mm -hmm. those who feel like they've fallen through the cracks or or are unseen and I think especially in today's culture there there are many many more people than we realize that feel alone and feel isolated and feel like well nobody can understand what I'm going through or or perhaps even feel like well I'm not I'm not going through that so therefore what I'm going through isn't enough 
for someone, you know, it's not, it, it, it's not deep enough, dark enough, bad enough, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like oh, you yeah. think it's not enough for God to notice or care about. And we're here to tell you, listener, there's nothing too small that God, <laughs> that God is below his care. He cares about everything, Absolutely. every detail of our lives. Absolutely. Which is it's so fun to watch him work and see it. And if you, if you're not convinced of this, then can I challenge you to start journaling where you see God's hand at work in your life? Yes. Uh, those things that that people like to call coincidences, really? <laughs> you start counting them up. How many coincidences? How many coincidences does it take before it's not a coincidence at all that you recognize mm. that God is at work here somewhere? Absolutely. And and you know, <laughs> I I think the thing. God just enjoys creating those coincidences, spelled G-O-D. Um, I think he enjoys creating those when he knows he's got someone who's who's asking him to show up in mm, their lives yes. and who's looking for him. You know, um, we see from cover to cover, it, the Bible is the record, record of God speaking into the lives of man. Um, and so you have him literally walking with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. Um, you have him speaking out of a burning bush. You've got him just speaking out of the blue to Abraham saying, go to the land that I will show you. You know, you've got these moments where people weren't necessarily looking for God, but God just speaks into their experience and their existence. And you have that all the way down through the ages, actually, through the prophets, through, you know, everything. God used the prophets to speak into the lives of his people all the time. And then all of a sudden you had three years of silence. Wait, sorry, not three years, 300 years, <laughs> three to 400 years at the end of the minor prophets at the end of the old Testament. And then it's kind of like the dramatic pause before God himself shows up, you know? And so it wasn't sufficient to just speak through prophets. God actually sent the exact representation of himself mm. in Christ Jesus to I, walk and live among us and to become our high priest. And then, and then, and then if that's not enough, you know, when he says that he's going to go, it's better for uh, for his disciples that he goes away because he's going to send the Holy Spirit to yeah. them. So now, now we live in a day and an age where we carry God around with us wherever we go. He, the Holy Spirit's indwelling. He, yes, he, he is ever present with yeah. us. And I'll tell you what, he is at work, whether you see him or not. God is at work. Now, how much he can accomplish really is connected to how much we're yielded to him and allow him to do that work. And how much we're in the word and allowing yes. it to transform our yes. lives. You know, and the word can't, the Bible can't transform your life if it's not given authority to do so. It's a little bit like, you know, uh, back in the day, taking your algebra notebook and putting it under your pillow and hoping, you know, somehow by osmosis, you're going to learn how right. to do math. It doesn't work like that, right? Or putting a math problem on the wall and hoping that every time you see it, it's just going to sink in and you'll understand it. It takes some work sometimes to put in to, to get the concepts of math and to be able to um, teach those to others. Um, and so I love that analogy, Missy. And if we take that and run with scripture, you know, sometimes it takes a little bit of work to, to figure out the context of a book like First Peter or, you know, to understand the big themes of what the book's talking about. What and the author's purpose was for writing. And that 
takes a little bit of work sometimes. It does, but you know what? What I I find is when we when we make the time to do that, uh, it, it it just opens it up so much even more. I think. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, absolutely. It, it, understand me. We don't need anything other than the Word of God. But we are so blessed with all kinds of references and helps that uh, why not use them? Yeah. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, I noticed that you brought a book with you, Gwen, that I'm really fascinated yeah. by. <laughs> well, I found this little gem. It's by Rose Publishing, um, and it's called Rose Book of Bible Charts, Maps, and Timelines. Um, and I, it has, oh my goodness, it has all kinds of visual things. And so this would be something that would be awesome for kids or um, for your husband if he wants to grow and just know some things. It is full of colorful wonderful charts that talk about everything from a Bible timeline to character sketches of different people like the apostles to um, a drawing of what the ark might have looked like inside and the temple, um, the temple Solomon's yeah. temple, the the tent that the Israelites would have had and how that was set up. Um, it's got descriptions of like um, the minor prophets and the New Testament books. Um, it's got a real fun, like a bookcase chart that's got all of the books and the types of books that are in the Bible. Um, for example, there's law books, there's history books, uh, there's poetry, um, there are the books from the prophets, the major and the minor prophets. Um, and then you've got the Gospels. You've got Acts, which is the history book of the New Testament. You have the letters to the churches. Um, you've got letters to friends. And you've got general, just general epistles. Um, and so, like, it's just got all of these things. One of the things I love in this is it has some charts on how we got the Bible how we know we can trust the Bible that we have, um, some cool facts about the Bible. Um, and so it's just got a lot of really cool things to just get in and explore. It's got a whole section on archaeological finds mm, that cool. supports scripture. Um, yeah, so it's just packed full. I mean, if you wanted to, to know the names of God, it's got a whole chart on just the names of God, the names of Jesus. Um the Holy Spirit in the names of God. So it's just got, it's just jam packed with all of these little tidbits huh. and fun things, you know. And here's a fun thing. I, while you were doing that, I just kind of looked it up online and there it is. You can go online and get it. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think this is one that you probably can find in a Christian bookstore. But I, what, are, what site are you looking at? Uh, this actually is, uh, it, it took me to christianbook.com. So, but there, uh, yeah. I'm sure if you looked in other places. And again, the name of it is Rose Book of Bible charts, maps, and timelines. And if you forget all of that, just look under Rose Publishing Maps and it'll, something will come up because they do a bunch of different, uh, specific, probably specific to, you know, certain areas and, uh, or certain subject matters or, so there's a whole, whole slew of them that's specifically the tabernacle, if you want that, or just then and now Bible maps, which sounds awesome. Um, just, just really interesting things. I think that can enhance not only your reading, but if you're a parent, you can help your children get some background too, as well. Absolutely. Well, and, and here's the thing, okay? Scripture was written in a very real context to a very real group of people by a very real person. So what we need to understand is that 
you know, for example, the letter of, I've got first Peter opened, but, um, so the letter of first Peter was written by a very specific person to a very specific audience addressing some pretty specific topics. And so if you're going to read in the book of First Peter, you probably want to know who wrote it, why he wrote it, what was going on at the time, and just kind of some general pointers and things. That's the kind of, of stuff that we don't always know to do when we open the Bible. Sometimes we just kind of open it and we treat it like, where's Waldo? Yeah. You know, we're just, we're just, okay. Pick a verse. Close your eyes and let it fall <laughs> open and that's where you read. Yeah. yeah, pick a verse, any verse. Here we go. Um, And so, honestly, to grow an understanding of the word and to really um, become a student of the word, it's to understand that everything has a context in scripture. And that if you want to be faithful to understanding and interpreting or making sense of a passage, you need to understand context is key. Um, and so getting details to kind of help you determine that context is um, pretty important. Yeah, that is that is a wonderful resource. Uh, one of many. Yes. But I, and I one of the things I love about when uh, you, you come on is that we often talk about not just the context of the verse and trying to figure out, OK, what's happening in the context of, OK, this particular book of the Bible, but going even further. What's mm-hmm. the culture? What, what was it like in the in in terms of the timeline of history at this point in time, what's going on in the world, what's, Absolutely. you know, and all of those things really are key to a better understanding of what it is you're reading. Because much of what we read, I, I was, I was reading something uh, earlier today and I can't rem- remember now just what it was. And I remember I had the thought like, I don't, I don't, this doesn't even, I don't even get this. You know, it's sort of like one of those moments where I'm like, Lord, I don't even understand this. And part of that is because that's not my culture. Mm-hmm. That's not, you know, this isn't something that I've, I've, I've lived or, or know of. And so there, there are many passages in the word, in the word of God that are difficult maybe for us to understand, partly because of culture and much Absolutely. of it is. And if we can get a glimpse of that or have an understanding, it, it opens that up to us a little bit more and it helps us to, to have a better understanding of what it is we're reading. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's something that, um, there's a caution that I would just, um, bring to attention. I think at this point, it's that, you know, the danger is that if I'm not focused on what the context is for a passage or a book of the Bible, I can run the danger of bringing my context to be Mm. the frame for a passage. One of the real concerns about not Putting something in context and taking something out of context is, or even just reading it without the bigger picture in mind, the culture that it was written to, yes. the time it was written in, you know, some of the, the culture and the, and the uh, uh, custom of the day is that we can assume or put in our, our customs or yes. our understanding or something or or even if we take a partial part of that verse or piece of scripture, it, we can make it mean something that it totally is not meant to mean. Correct. You know, and I there's a couple of examples floating to mind. I don't know if I want to use them, but, um, you know, for example, in First Peter, um, the, one of the themes in it is living as an alien or a sojourner. So in other words, you're in a culture that is not your home. Um, and so in order to fully understand what that meant at the time, you need to understand that 
a lot of the church had been scattered out of Jerusalem because of persecution. So imagine living your whole life Mm. in Jerusalem with Jewish customs surrounded close to the temple, surrounded by, you know, all of the feasts and all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, just kind of having this little Jewish bubble. And then all of a sudden you are scattered all around Macedonia to basically you're dispersed in and among the Gentiles Mm -hmm. and Jews have been scattered everywhere. And so you're meeting Jews that have lived amongst the Gentiles and you're, I mean, you're just, you're meeting tons of people, but you're also trying to figure out what following Christ is going to look like in your life. And then what does it look like in, in whatever Roman city state you've ended up in? And you know, how are you now going to make a living and provide for your family? I mean, there just were so many things that these believers were dealing with. And then on top of that, there was persecution happening. Um, and so understanding that they were in a very high, hostile place, city, state, government wise. Um, it was very hostile for believers. Mm -hmm. Um, and the Jewish faith that had been their origin of birth and kind of what they had come out of, um, was attacking them too. And they would send people in to act like they were, you know, um, and so there was just all kinds of attacks, internal and external, at the same time. Well, and yeah, and, and think about it. I mean, really, when, when um, let's say, just the disbursement that happened when the per- persecution hit Jerusalem and people went out, you're right. They, they were, they, who were they being persecuted by? Not only, um, you know, the Gentiles and, and the Gentile government, but their, yeah. but their own Jewish brothers and sisters Absolutely. who who did not believe that, that Christ, the Messiah had come. And so, so they've got a bold message, a message yes. that is kind of bursting out of them. And, and honestly, you can see God's purpose in what's called the disbursement mm-hmm. where they're spread abroad because that, that caused the gospel to go far and wide. Yes, it did. And, uh, but, but at the time, perhaps they themselves couldn't see that. I mean, that is a possibility that they didn't quite get the full picture as they were living it. One of the benefits of being years later is knowing the history behind all that and seeing some of it. It's also, I think, gives you, boy, a greater understanding as you read of what Peter's really trying to say. And, you know, Peter, he was an original apostle. I mean, he was an original disciple of Jesus who... Uh, you think of the things that he's been through and where he was then and where he is now and even understanding the growth of his life and his journey is so helpful when you begin to look at uh, the book that he's written and who he's written it to and what the, what the context of that is and what the background of that is. And, and you know, just to, I mean, this is a fisherman. This is, you know, and to understand that his, his origins were just humble of origin. And then, you know, he follows Christ and he's kind of, you know, he's the one that grabs the sword to defend and to protect. And so there's this little, um, oh, I, he passionate heart to just protect and yeah. save people and, and stuff that's innate into who he is. He's, he's just a protector. Big and bold and passionate and impulsive yeah. and ready to jump in for action, you know, and, it, and, and he thinks he's all in and then he turns around and denies Christ three times mm. and, you know, and then faces Christ in his absolute utter failure. Um, and then receives complete forgiveness and restoration from Christ. Um, and I think, 
I think Jesus knew that Peter needed that. Um, he needed to feel his, <laughs> his humanity, but he also needed to understand his forgiveness. Mm. Um, and so, you know, that's a context for Peter. And then you have to understand we, we have, um, Jesus leaves and we have the Holy Spirit coming and Peter gets up and mm. he preaches from the scriptures and just presents Christ and 3000 souls were added to the kingdom that day, you know? And so obviously this would have been a young man who probably only had the training up until age 13. And he wasn't obviously picked up by a rabbi up to that point. And so usually that means he was trouble or he wasn't a good student or something because he would have, he would have been picked up by a rabbi probably out of the school system at that point and trained into a profession of like a Pharisee or Sadducee, um, which is kind of what happened. And so he obviously wasn't and went and worked fishing. Um, and so, you know, you have this, but you can see at, you know, after, uh, Pentecost that he obviously knew the scriptures mm -hmm. because all of that was in him, Yeah, you know? And so, um, I just find that pretty, pretty fascinating of just, you know, what was in his heart. You couldn't see it in a fisherman. Well, and think of what that really means. I mean, it, Peter is someone that really touches me because I think so often I see, I see things in myself that I think, oh, God could never use that. And I'm sure Peter himself felt that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, when he, he was bold and passionate and yet he denied Christ. So Obviously, what he did on his own failed. And I, it, it wasn't just the shame of denying Christ, but the failure of, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't stay the course. And yet, Jesus pours grace into him, mm -hmm. and then the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. And, and that boldness of Peter, which is a natural uh, personality trait and gift yeah. from the Father— Boom, he uses it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That amazing. Like, so doesn't, mm. for me, that means, Missy, God made you, okay? Mm. And the things that you just, and I've heard one of my good friends, I've heard her say, oh, I, my mouth, I just shouldn't talk. And I say, no, that is something God gave you. Now, mm. what comes out of your mouth is important, obviously. Mm -hmm. But if he gave you boldness to speak, that's awesome. You know, cause, mm. because some people are very vivacious and other people are very mm -hmm. quiet or you, Here's the thing, listener, however you are is exactly how God made you. Yes. And he has designs to use you in that way. He will perfect what, you know, the, the human traits and the human, the, the fleshly part of you that hasn't been transformed uh, into what he created you to be yet. Yeah. He wants to do that and he will do that. He will use that. But you don't have to try to make yourself something you're not. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, we haven't even gotten into First Peter yet. Is that where we were going today? <laughs> That's where it's we were going. It's kind of a, what I've used as my anchor. Well, seriously, listeners, don't you, I mean, after we're talking about Peter and we're talking about the world, right. don't you want to know more about First Peter? Exactly. What he had to say? I do. I'm kind okay. of, I'm ready to go. Well, so. we, we have a couple more minutes yet, don't we, Missy? Yes, we do. Okay. So, um, all right. First thing you probably need to know about the book of First Peter is the keyword is suffering. And then you have this concept of being an alien in 
um, a foreign culture. And so those two things, and you have to understand that there is a lot of persecution going on at the time. So we're going to take that and hopefully between today and tomorrow, all of our listeners can open first Peter and just read their way through it. Maybe a time or two before then, um, and meet us back here tomorrow. And we are going to open the book of first Peter and see what we can glean out of God's word. How's that? Sounds terrific. Yes, I'm ready. Can't wait. Listeners, you have found a place to belong here at the table with Circle of Friends. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd love to hear from you, so find us on Facebook and Instagram at Open the Word Podcast or... Send us an email to openthewordpodcast at gmail.com. Is it time for you to plan a day trip with your peeps? Come and stay a while at Shia Market in Berlin. There is something for everyone, no matter what your taste or style may be. Visit the Village Gift Barn for your custom floral arrangements and timeless accessories for your home. Stroll upstairs to Shia's Style Boutique for your perfect outfit, everything from accessories to shoes. Be inspired at country gatherings with decor from modern farmhouse to transitional design. Then meander through the gardens for a large selection of houseplants. And last but not least, order your perfect cup of brew at the Buggy Brew Coffee Company. End your day by gathering to relax in our courtyard. You will leave feeling connected and refreshed. Step back in time with a stay at one of the oldest buildings in historic Berlin, Ohio, the Worthman House. This charming building has a rich history with origins dating back to as early as the mid-1800s. The newly restored two-bedroom, one-bathroom suite has hardwood floors and gorgeous chestnut trim throughout. It is also outfitted with locally made Amish furniture. It can sleep six and offers a beautiful panoramic view of Berlin's Main Street. Its location in the heart of Berlin is an ideal spot for walking to various restaurants and shops. Book your stay at the Worthman House through VRBO.